Welcome to Hearts and Stripes, your one-stop shop for all things military marriage. I hope our discussions and interviews equip you with the tools to start or grow a beautiful marriage as we address the benefits and challenges of mill marriage. I believe life's most precious moments are worth celebrating, so I'll help you design your marriage blueprint in alignment with your core values. Thank you for joining us and remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to the Hearts and Stripes podcast. This is your host, Brie Carroll, here for another episode as we are strengthening military marriages. So I am thrilled that we are going to be joined by our guest, Patricia Kaim, who is an author. But listen, this woman comes with so much experience and I'm excited for you to hear our chat. But first, let me give you a little bit more about her. So Patricia became a mom early in her military career and spent most of it um, tackling motherhood and service. Her husband was also in the Air Force, so we'll hear a little bit more about their mill-to-mill experience. After retiring, Patricia worked as a contractor with the Air Force before deciding to professionally pursue her passion as a writer. She published her first book in December of 2022, which we'll get into in this episode, and she is currently working on a book of poetry and a companion book to her first book, which we will chat more about. So without further ado, here is my chat with Miss Patricia. Patricia, welcome to the Hearts and Stripes podcast. I'm so excited to really dive into this discussion. We actually met through a mutual friend who I absolutely love. Shout out to Charity. And um, we're going to talk more about your book here in a second. But before we get into all the goodness, um, please um, introduce yourself and share your mill marriage story. Okay. Hello, everyone. And I'm so free. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much for having you. Um, my story is I spent uh, 23 years in the United States Air Force. My husband was active duty. We were both active duty. Um, we both retired. We raised three children while, um, you know, doing our career. Yeah. We moved a lot. Uh, it was a good opportunity. I think I had several jobs. I really like to shake things up every now and again. So I held down four. I switch jobs like four times, but I think it helped me to become a more broad, a broader person. It gave me different perspectives. Like I worked in maintenance, so I know what that side is like, but I also worked in an office. And so I know what that side is like. I worked in the legal office. So, um, I did several jobs while I was on active duty. Um, we traveled, uh, gosh, we moved every three years, almost like clockwork. One assignment we stayed, uh, we did a, a in place, but we moved quite a bit and it was really a wonderful experience. For both of us, I think. And my husband continues to serve as a civilian um, with the United States Air Force still. Love it. But it was great. It was um, arduous at times. There were times when I wanted to go home. But for the most part, it was a really wonderful experience for us. Um, You know, we did have to worry about not being stationed together. We had to worry about if we both had to go somewhere and, you know, responsibility for our children. But overall, I think we both got more out of it than we anticipated. And so it was a really great lifestyle for us. We yeah. both just really enjoyed it. And, and I, I love that. 
I, I love that. And I as I was listening to you on another podcast, you talked through the different careers that you that you've had in your time in the in the military. And I think that's really important to kind of footstop in our conversation, because I think you can relate to a lot of those different ops tempos based off of there's no joke in Air Force and, and shout out, we are Air Force family here. Yes, um, but <laughs> um, that maintenance side is no joke when it comes to being on that flight line, you know, and, and turning around a repair or any type of emergency that they're responding to. I think you mentioned like some paralegal, more like office type work. So you kind of yes. get the the different sides of seeing how kind of all different, different experiences that people have and really the career field can impact the strain on a relationship, the strain on a family. So I love that you bring that understanding. Definitely. And I want to say I closed out my career as a first sergeant, which I felt was the, the really the pinnacle for me. And it was a really good experience, but I think having worked in maintenance, having worked in an office, having worked in a training environment, all of those help because as a first sergeant, you don't necessarily work where you Yes. grew up in the military. Exactly. They put you where they need you. And so, you know, it was great that I was a first sergeant in maintenance when I started. I was also a first sergeant at a hospital, which was totally new for me. Oh, wow. So, um, because like you said, everyone has their own ops tempo. But yes, starting out in maintenance, and we realized early on that it wasn't going to be ideal for both of us to be in maintenance, you know, um, down on the flight line. Sometimes it's 12 hour shifts, sometimes they switch you around. And I remember one time my husband, there was a lost tool and I'm going to tell you on the flight line, nobody goes home until that tool is found. Oh no. And so, you know, that was like a three hour delay, which kind of stops up things on the other end. But yeah, yeah. every career has their own ops tempo. Um, so, but yes, it was great to experience all of those. And I feel like I can relate to almost any career out there between me and my husband um, and my siblings who were also on active duty. Awesome. No, I love that. We we have an Air Force family here too. My husband is still active duty um, as a pilot and he's navigating as he continues on with his career. My brother-in-law is also um, serving active duty currently in the Air Force. So it's really good that you have, you can sh- share those experiences with your family members. You can bounce questions and things off of one another. But I, I also hope that this podcast here on Hearts and Stripes offers that for those who maybe don't have um, someone to kind of, hey, things weren't great in this part of our relationship. Is that normal? Yes. Right. Or or yes. conversations yes. on how to balance. So um, I'm excited to kind of even learn more from from you um, mm-hmm. as as we talk about marriage, but also as we talk about being a mom in the military. I think there are a lot of great lessons learned and, and things that we can share here um, with our time together. So I, let's start there, kind okay. of from all of that background, all of that experience, um, being in a role of leadership where you are serving other people and mentoring other people, kind of what were some of your lessons learned as it relates to uh, you being a mom and also um, just in, in a with a military family altogether in, in your marriage? I will say, you know, first, my husband and I, we, we really strove very hard to put our marriage first. It, it was a concerted effort. Um, it wasn't always smooth, but, you know, it's something we worked at. And um, 
even today we talk about, we always said, you know, we come first. We, we want to be with the kids. We want to have that time with the kids. We want to have our careers, but we always had to kind of just find time for ourselves, especially when we're geographically separated, because that happens as well. Your spouse might be on a remote tour or you might be, if you're male, male, you may not be stationed together. And so yeah. the really important thing for us was to always try and find time just for us as a couple. Um, and then we also wanted to each have our own relationship with the kids. We have three children and we have two girls and a boy. And um, so we tried to make the family nucleus our focus. No, we were, you know, there were times we were called away. And I remember, you know, having to have someone pick up the kids, you know, because I had to leave church to go take care of something. Or, you know, there were one time my husband and I were both out of the country. We were living in Asia and we both had to come back to the U.S. And the kids were still in Japan. And so, you know, there was those things about really our main goal was to stay focused on ourselves. And even now we still do that. Like it'll be, even though we're empty nesters, we'll be like, let's just go have breakfast, just the two of us, or let's go take in, you know, a movie. Let's find something to do that the two of us can do because you can get easily caught up in the day to day of life. Yeah. Um, whether you are working in the military or working outside the military or a stay at home mom, you can get caught up with the day to day things of life and work. And so it's important, I think, to try and remember to focus on the family um, when you get a chance. And sometimes it might be a couple of hours in one week. Sometimes it might be a full day. Um, one thing we did, for example, when my husband would deploy or when we're gone for a long time, we would always let the kids know about when we were coming back, but we would come back and have a day to ourselves. We would make arrangements for oh, someone nice. else, the kids, so we could have, especially if it was a deployment and he deployed, I never had the opportunity to deploy um, I did go TDY quite a bit, but he deployed many times and we would always have it, you know, the kids would think he would be coming back a day or two later so that we could find time, even if we just went to a hotel in the city. Um, and a couple of times we found time, we found um, ways to get out of the city and just kind of reconnect on a more intimate level, on a husband wife level before we brought yeah. the kids in. Because, you know, when you've been gone for months and you're, you're you know, the kids are like, ah, come to me, take me, do this. Mm -hmm. So those were some of the things that really, I think, helped keep us um, grounded in our marriage and, and focused. Two things that I absolutely love that I want to hit on is definitely prioritizing time together. I think that is something that we don't think about and it just mm -hmm. kind of falls by the wayside a lot of times. And even as parents, as you're parenting, as you're or in your role, in your in your work, Oftentimes we can get fixated on, I got to do this for the kids or I got to do mm -hmm. this for the mission. And yes. the harder thing is to choose <laughs> to make that time together. I love that tip that you had about setting that day aside for yourself before mm -hmm. um, the spouse has to reintegrate with the entire family. I yes. think that's amazing yes. and definitely something that I'm going to put in my pocket to remember to do for ourselves. Yes. Um, and uh -huh. one more thing. I love you said, you said it briefly, and I hope you hit on more later, individualized relationships with the kids. Yes. That is, is really great. And I'd love to hear more about that too. Yes, that is, that is huge. And um, I would say it doesn't have to be a big thing, um, but like my husband would have, he might take our son to the movie or he, he was really big about um, taking our girls on dates. Mm -hmm. Like he wanted them to know what they should be treated like. So when they were in their teen years, he would you know, get them a flower or a little bouquet, would take them to dinner um, and just kind of show them how they should be treated. And I think he also showed our son 
in that same way how to treat. I will tell you, my husband still opens the door for me, like if we're leaving or we're getting in the car. <laughs> you know, I he, love it. He's so sweet. He does that. But I mean, it was just about showing, but he also had individual relationships. Like um, for our oldest daughter, um, he taught her how to drive. I taught our son how to drive. You know, they had hobbies together. Um, all of our kids took music lessons and my husband's musically inclined. I am not. So that was also a time for them to have. But my mom, one of my daughters and I, we do quilting together and we've been quilting together since she was maybe in the fifth grade. She's been helping wow, me. That's my awesome. son and I, we do cooking together. Um, so we just find things that we like to do that we don't do with the whole family. So that way we each have that relationship. And I think like my oldest daughter was a lot closer to her dad than I was. And I remember when she went away to college, she was calling him every day. And I was like, we, you know, it was back. You know, it's like, we got this crazy phone bill. And she's like, I'm just talking to dad every day. And I was like, oh, okay, that's good. Yeah. You know, and my son is, is probably closer to me. Um, you know, so we, you have to have those individual relationships, not just with the kids as a whole, but with each child, because each is very different mm -hmm. and you'll have different things that they need and that they want. And so you have to find what makes each child click. Like my youngest, she had no interest whatsoever in quilting, but she did develop uh, a fondness for acting and she's acting today. But so I would be like, okay, what kind of props do you guys need at school? What can we build together that you can yeah. take to drama and do? And so that was kind of our thing. And she liked praise dance. So I joined the praise dance team, even though I wasn't that good, you know, and so she and I, <laughs> I love it. And I would be like, Alexis, can you practice with me? And she's like, I already know my part. I was like, well, I don't, you know, so it's about finding what makes that child tick and yeah. then kind of letting them meet them where they are, I think. And then once they get older, you will still have those relations. And I think it's it's very important. And I, one thing I would say is don't put it off when the kids are young because mm. every age, every stage is something different and it's a busy stage. And so there's no time like the present to start. And so even if it's, you know, with the little ones, if it's just TV time or taking a walk, you know, whatever it is that you like to do, um, I think it's important. And like you said, you have to have that relationship as both parents, but also as individual parents. And that's very helpful when one of the parents have to leave. Yes. You still have that relationship. And it's not like when that other parent is gone, there's an obvious hole. So you make it so that you can function on a, in the relationship without that other parent when they happen to be TDY or deployed or whatever the case may be. Yeah, I, I love that. And it's, again, another something I'm going to put in my <laughs> pocket because we also have three littles. My son is the oldest. Um, and then we have our two daughters. And even they're they're still like next year, we'll have everybody in school. Right. So they're yes. still really oh. little. And, yeah. it, and it's this fun age but you're absolutely right all three have very different personalities and mm -hmm. I think it just takes a level of intentionality to develop those individual relationships with each child and I'm gonna step on some toes when I say this here a lot of times what I've seen the struggle in some of our military relationships is that a one of the one spouse will prioritize I have to take care of the kids this is my role this is my thing and you forget that the other spouse needs to have that individual relationship with them. So they need opportunities to help or do. And you also need to, like going back to your first point, make time for one another as opposed to prioritizing the kids 
in front yes. of your marriage relationship. Cause like you said, you're empty nester. So it's the two of you yes. and you got to like yes. each other once you get to that. Yeah, That's true. And I mean, there are going to be times when you need to prioritize. I remember my son had an, um, a fall at school mm-hmm. and it involved an ambulance ride and some hospital time and tests. And, and at that point in that moment, he was the priority for us. Right. But you know, that's that one point or that one, or, you know, a birthday's coming up and there are going to be times yes. when you do have to prioritize the kids. Um, but it doesn't have to always be. And you, you don't want to forget that you have a spouse because when the children are gone, like you said, you still have to like each other. You don't want to <laughs> share the same household. Mm-hmm. So that's important. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love that. This is such good insight for me personally, but also <laughs> for all of our listeners there. And, and for those who, who are listening with littles, um, particularly moms and moms in the military, I'm excited to yes. dive into your book, um, which I'm showing here. If you are listening on your favorite podcast player, guys, come on over to YouTube so that you can see um, the book. Patricia has written moms in the military. I would love to just kind of insert a question here um, because I loved kind of the through line of um, motherhood is not a barrier. Can you kind of share a little bit of what that meant for um, the women in the military who are represented through this book and and kind of the message that you were trying to drive home? Oh, absolutely. Thank you. I'm going to start with uh, going back into the past. So about 50 years ago, women were allowed to serve. They could choose to come on active duty, um, but they could not become moms. So if you got pregnant, if you married someone with kids, you were involuntarily separated. No ifs, ands, or buts, no questions about it. And that was the way it was. And believe it or not, it was like that up until the mid 70s. In the early 70s, you could come in with a special waiver. And it wasn't until 1976 that the last branch, which was our Marines, they were finally the um, the federal government said you cannot bar, you know, service due to a woman becoming a mom. So I don't take it lightly because we weren't always able to do that. And they just yeah. assumed the assumption was that we had to be home taking care of the kids. But we have shown over these past 50 years, it doesn't matter what branch it is, that Military service and motherhood are very, very compatible. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because I become a mom doesn't mean I can't continue to serve. Um, And I will tell you, I think every, and this may be a little sidebar, every member in the family serves in the military. If you're in the military, your spouse serves, your kids serve, we all make sacrifices. They don't get paid, but they serve right along with us. But being a mom, um, in my opinion, is a very unique position. It doesn't go away. Like I'm an empty nester, but, you know, I still worry when the phone rings in the middle of the night, I say, ah, oh, you know, yes. so that doesn't change. And no, then being in the military, being a member of the armed forces is also a very unique position. And, you know, they tell us what to wear. They tell us where to go, when to go, when your family can go, when your family cannot go. And so it is, sometimes they tell you what you can do They're You're forced to retrain at times. So it's very unique. And the military has an awesome, armed forces has an awesome responsibility to defend our nation and our allies. And so that's, it's a huge responsibility. And when you look at it on the large scale, it's easy to see that, but I don't know when you narrow it down to the member that you still see that is still a responsibility. You know, we're on, yeah. when you're in active duty or in the reserves, when you're called up, 
you're on duty 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So when you look at that, and I can kind of see how someone could think, oh, you know, you have to find one's got to outweigh the other. But in my experience and in talking to the women in my book, that doesn't have to be, we can find the balance and it is compatible. And I really, these women had such great tips. Like you were saying, I'm going to take that and put it in my pocket. I was like, oh, where were you when I needed you? <laughs> they, they, they gave such great insights. Yes. Um, Anywhere from being a mom helped me be a better person mm. to being a mom helped me be a better person. I think they're very compatible. And um, I think it's just a, a, a shame that it took the United States so long to realize the compatibility of motherhood and military service. Yeah. And I'm so glad that we are continuing to do it. And women are proving every single day. Um that it is, it is compatible. It's very compatible. Yeah. I love that, that point in the book and and even what that excerpt that you shared about being a mom made me a better person. I, I find Mm -hmm. that, uh, same thing because I do feel like my children are like my favorite teachers. They're always (laughs) something that they're going through or something that I'm saying to them actually is for me (laughs) as the parent too. (laughs) Um, so I love that. And and I also feel like we'd see that in our marriages, like in my marriage unit, I am better because my spouse is helping me work through this growth that I, that I'm experiencing in this journey of life. Yes. They're, they're your support. They're your support system. And it's funny, one of the moms and I, I, in the book, I include tips. And one of the tips was let your spouse do it, even if they don't do it the way you mm. would do it. Because mm-hmm. then you kind of relieve some of the stress on yourself if you just let them chip in. And again, she's like, they don't do it the way you would do it, but they do it and it gets done and the kids are loved and everything's fine. And so um, I think in the military, we have lots of different support systems that we have to use, but your your nucleus family is the biggest one and your spouse is is the leader of that, I think, as your support system. Yeah, I I absolutely love that because oftentimes... As as the spouse who is not serving, I tend to find that we try to wear this cape, right? This superwoman cape. We got to do all the things and be everything to everyone. And I love that tip, that reminder that we can allow our spouse to support Absolutely. and do things and have a role because you know what? They miss that. They miss being able to just be dad or just be mom and be at home and not have to worry about you know, always being on, because like you said, just because they're not on duty, they're, they're never (laughs) off duty, right? Exactly. Something can always pop up. Something can always come. You can always get called on, you know, back to duty and you got to get that uniform out and put it in and and you have to go in and and that's just how it is. Yeah. Whether it's, um, you know, an emergency on the flight line or an issue at work, like, you know, I have a, a young lady that I mentor, she's still on active duty and she works in services and, you know, you know, for her, you know, if something goes wrong at lodging, she's got to go in and take care of it. Or she was running the dining facility. And, you know, if someone isn't there, things happen, she would often have to go in and, and get things moving along. Yeah, I, I yeah, it, it's tough. It's challenging. And um, that's why we love having conversations like this, because I hope anyone who is listening, who can kind of relate to these different seasons, 
these different um, challenges, which are unique to our community. We're having these conversations. So you know that a, you're not alone, but two, you can utilize resources that are shared here in these tips um, to kind of make it easier for you. Um, Cause I always like to say like, we're not meant to do this military life alone. It's great to learn from one another Mm -hmm. and I would encourage everyone to utilize this book as a resource. If you are a mom in the military, where you, whether you're wearing the uniform or not, there are some great tips in here um, that you can use and apply to your own life. And as we talk about that as a resource, um, Patricia, <laughs> yes. I wanted to sh- ask you, what are some other resources that you had that you could share with our listeners? Okay. Yes. But before I do that, I just want to thank you for saying that that book is a resource because that is exactly why I wrote it because I'm not in that boat right now, but it just stayed on my heart for so long. And I decided to do it because I want women to be encouraged. I want them to know, like you said, you can do it. And then that leads into how do you do it? Well, you rely on your resources and some of those are going to be outside your home. Your spouse can help, but you know, your spouse has their own situation as well. And in the military, I think they do a really good job more so now than in the past. I mean, every time I turn around, it looks like it's better, but some of the resources for me were really just family readiness. Like mm-hmm. you can just like, when you PCS and you're like, oh my goodness, all my stuff's in, in, you know, it's being shipped and I have this child and we have things we need to get done. And so, cause moving can be stressful, even though you're ready, you prepare yourself. Um, it can be stressful. So you want to find those tips. And I found that the family readiness center is always a good resource, especially when you get to a new base. But even if you've been there for a while and you have things coming, I know that they do a lot now with spouses and deployments. And so I feel like they're a great resource. Another one is the spouses club. And I know a lot of people, oh, but really, and I, at least here, the last couple of bases I've been going to, the spouses clubs are now integrated. It used to be the enlisted spouses and the yes. office spouses. Mm-hmm. Now they're, um, they're combined, but they are a great resource, especially if you're new to the military. If you marry someone and maybe you have children from a previous marriage and the military lifestyle is new to you, it's a great resource to go to the spouses club. And I remember even with my first child, the spouses club, when I had her, they brought me this little basket and it had like a little, someone had crocheted a quilt for her, a little blanket and with some little footies and little things and that was just because I was in Europe and my mom was back here in the states and it was just nice to have that and from that moment I've always known that if I needed to I could go to the spouses I'm out here in Texas and at Randolph I know our spouses club meets every month they have a luncheon they have things going on they run our thrift store but they are a great resource whether you are a spouse or you are a uniform wearer don't overlook the spouses club And then finally, I want to say the chapel. The chapel is a great resource. Um, I will say every time we PCS, the first church we went to was the chapel, just because you can get your bearing and you're going to see other people in the same boat as you, and they're going to help you with resources. And if you're going to the chapel and you're a mom, you're a woman, you may as well check out the Protestant women of the chapel or whatever your faith is. But I, um, I really have depended on the Protestant women of the chapel as a resource. Um, and one of the ladies for 15 years, and I consider her one of my close friends. Um, and whether you just want to hang out, it's not just church, but they do different things. They do Bible studies here at Randolph. They have a mom, um, a, a, like once a month new, new moms meet and they talk about what it's like to be a new mom and, and kind of share resources. So I would say those are really great resources. And if you want to go through your spouse who happens to be in uniform, don't 
forget their unit also. A lot of times, if not at the squadron level, at the group level, they're going to have a spouse's group as well. But your first sergeant, like you may not know it and your spouse may not know it, especially if you're new to this, but your first sergeant should be a great resource for you. And I don't mean just when you're in trouble. <laughs> if you need <laughs> yes. something like <laughs> You know, um, I've had troops come to me and say, hey, I have this issue. It looks like um, someone's stealing my credit. What do I do? All right, let's, let's figure it out. Let's figure out what we need to do. Or, hey, I have this situation at home. I really need to help my family back there. What am I going to do? So I think those are the resources that are readily available to you. And hopefully they will, you know, once you reach out, you will get the response you want. But I would say if you don't, go to the next one because that's just an anomaly for me, I would say. Yeah. Just those are the resources that you could, but I think the biggest resources is just your fellow servicemen and women and their families. Because um, in the book, I talk about that. You have to find your family where you go, your village, your tribe, whatever you want to call it. But that's where you're going to find that. Was, like I said, I had my first child, I was in Europe. And I'm going to say there was no texting and there was no FaceTiming. <laughs> so, you know, if I wanted to talk to my mom. It was a long distance call. You had to get a calling card. But the women there um, really were another source for me. And I would yeah. say uh, my first babysitter, my first daycare provider was one of my coworkers' wives. <laughs> she was just like, I don't babysit, but I'll, I'll take her for, you know, to find something. And she ended up keeping her for three years the whole time we were there. Wow. So, or two and a half years. So it was, you know, those are going to be the women and the men that you meet whether they're a coworker or you meet them at church, but they know what you're going through. They know what it's like. They can share their insights. And I think that's going to be a huge um, thing. My husband's friend from work, I was going back, Renee and I, and we just happened to be having our kids at around the same time. And yeah. she was in, he was in a little bit longer than we were. So I found that your military family can be the great resource. It might be your neighbor. It might be someone you run into in the commissary. And mm -hmm. what I really like nowadays is here, at least here in San Antonio, we have um, the San Antonio spouses and we have military moms of San Antonio. They're Facebook groups, but you can get on there and you can find resources. And I see these ladies doing it and it just really brings a smile to my face because someone like, hey, I just PCS here. I'm looking for a friend. I got two small kids. Anybody want to get together? And they go, yes. someone's like, hey, I'm looking for a pediatrician dentist. Do you know who I can go to? Mm -hmm. And so I just feel like social media is, you know, we give it a hard time because it can be crazy, but it also can be a, a, a good resource. So you just have to find those groups. And if you're new, check out the school, check out your husband's unit. They may have some get togethers. And you may not want to, but go to a couple of events at work. Like if they have something at work, go. I mean, the more rank you get, you're going to be expected to go at least. Yes. Make a showing. <laughs> uh -huh. But go and, and meet those other wives. Like your husband's a pilot. When you go to these events, all those other wives are going to be Absolutely. wives of pilots. And so mm -hmm. they're going to be able to point you in the right direction or someone you can call when it's getting on your nerves and there's another TDY. Mm hmm whatever it is, because we can't, we have to find our village. And I think that was one of the, I think the hardest part about being in the military is that time away from family, yeah. that extended family that you grew up with. Um, but you have to make your family where you are because you'll get very lonely if you don't. Yeah. Patricia, yeah. let me just say the most beautiful part of all of your advice, if I could summarize it is to say, go back to basics. Like, yes, I think we overcomplicate what a resource needs to look like. And a lot of the resources that you are sharing are like the tried and true foundational true. resources yes. that we have for us. And even 
talking through like us going to the spouse club. I know I was a spouse club president like years ago, right? But even thinking about how these groups are still relevant, how the chapel is still serving, how the first sergeant is still there. And is Mm -hmm. the, is that first touch of, of where you can get some, some immediate answers or help. I think that is something that I think we maybe overlook and we overcomplicate as we're just looking at our situations as opposed to thinking and remembering like, okay, these are my go-to foundational resources um, and just putting ourselves out there. Cause I think, as you mentioned with social media and, and due to maybe the pandemic a little bit, people have Mm -hmm. been more closed off and they feel like I'm just going to sit at home and I'm going to just be here on my keyboard. But it's like, we do need those in-person connections. We do need to ask for help. Right. Um, yes. And be okay with being in groups of new people and, and being the new person on the base and introducing yourself the old fashioned way. And if you're not the new person, when you see someone that's new, mm-hmm. kind of take them on your wing. And um, a few months ago, I ran into this young lady and her best friend had just married uh, with a year or so ago, had married a military guy, an Air Force member. And the first assignment as a married couple was to Germany and he, but he was fairly new. He hadn't been in. And I was like, you tell her to tell him right. to go to the first sergeant or you tell her to tell him to do this. Cause she was like, my friend's so frustrated. And I was like, well, she's in Europe and she's, she's feeling alone. Cause she's so new at this. And I think she was pregnant or had a little one. Oh, and yeah. I was like, but he's so new. He don't, he doesn't know either. So when you see someone that's new to this game, you know, help them out. I'm not saying you have to, take them under your wing forever, but, you know, just kind of help them out. And I would say the best experience I have with that, my son, who did not join the military, and I'm, he said he didn't want to join because he didn't like being away from family. Mm. But um, about a year ago, he invited us down. He lives like an hour away. So we went down for a, a birthday party and one of his coworkers was there and his coworker said, I just want to tell you, your son was great. He said, I moved here from Chicago. Now we're down here in Texas. And he said, but your son took me in. He showed me the ropes. He told me where I could go. You know, he told me where to eat. He told me where to hang out. You know, he really showed me how I could acclimate to Austin a lot quicker. And I said, you know, I appreciate you saying that, but I'm telling you, he's been the new kid so many times. He knows what it's like. And so if we can just remember when we were new. And so when you see that new person, Mm -hmm. just kind of, give them a hand, you know, sometimes they just need to vent or or they may not know where the resources are. So I think it's up to those of us with more experience to really, you don't have to seek them out, but you'll know them when you see them. I love you will that. know the new people when you, you see them. You will know the new people when you see them. <laughs> yes. Don't let people just be fluttering yeah. or, or, or the one person that's in the room that's by themselves sitting alone and you can tell when they get yep. in the room if they're new. So I, I love that reminder to all of us um, mm-hmm. to to be that helping hand. Remember when we were new, um, because depending on how your PCS cycle is, every three <laughs> years you get to be new again. So yes, I think there is yeah. really something to say about um, lending that hand and taking the initiative, because I do think even as we have conversations about parenting and and marriage, it is one thing to, for to to recommend on this podcast, like be intentional about your relationship. Yes. But there's also something to be said about like, as someone who is experienced or you being more seasoned or whatever that looks like, 
Mm-hmm. Offering to help someone who may not know or is really new in their marriage, in at the location, yes. in the base, in this new group. I think there is there is re- something really powerful there that you're untapping as a reminder to all of us to take the initiative and and reach a hand out and give someone yes. a hand up that may need it or some Absolutely. insight and information. I think that's really, really great and refreshing to hear because we always just think like, oh, I have to figure it out, right? And the reality is this military family, and I'm talking about the big overarching, all branches, reserve guard, active duty, retired, this big military family has a wealth of information. And if we can get a little bit more um, thoughtful about passing that back, helping someone else, um, and, and and extending the hand towards that newer person, I think we would all be a little bit better and further along. Yes, I totally agree. Absolutely. Like, I think the Air Force, it's big, but it's so small. Yes, you it know? is. And yes. we, and I feel like when you've done 20 plus years, you, you just don't get out. You just take on a different role. Mm-hmm. Like I still care about the air force. I still care about what's going on. And I have to catch myself not saying we, like, I was like, Oh, now we can wear a ponytail. I was like, you want to wear no ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you know, and because my husband is still continuing as a civilian in the air force, it really is just like, it's a connection. I don't care if I meet someone who's been in Maybe they just got done with basic training, which has happened, or someone who was in the Korean War. We have that commonality. And in um, just with my book, I uh, was out doing some some uh, promotion, and I met someone who was in the Vietnam War, and we talked mm. for like an hour. Yes. <laughs> you know? But we talked about military and military experiences, and on the other end of that spectrum, I met someone who was very new, like they were just at their tech school level. And so I was like, well, you know, we talked about how basic was for me and for them. And, you know, I was like, what was the hardest part? And they were like, not having my phone. I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. Uh Yes, yes. (laughs) But we could still talk about, you know, the indoctrination of basic training and what it is. And then, you know, the, the, the freedom you feel when you get to go out and do things again and you go to tech school. So we are truly a family. And I think um, it's up to us to take care of one another, just like we do our our blood family. Yeah, I, I love that. Well, yeah. Patricia, as we wrap up, it is my favorite part in the podcast where I get to put you in the hot seat okay. and I get to ask you what is our heart track for this episode. And for those who maybe are new to the Hearts and Stripes podcast, we always ask our guests to give a theme song for the episode. And you can find the full playlist of our hearts tracks on Spotify. It'll be linked in the show notes or in the description if you're viewing on YouTube. So it is that time to find out what our heart track will be for this episode. For this episode, it is We Are Family by <laughs> the Sister Sledge because I feel like in the military, we are family. And so whether you're talking about that nucleus, that's just you, your spouse, or you, your spouse, and your kids as you travel around the world as a military family, or that extended family that you visit once or twice a year, or your unit, or your even your base. Like if I, I was stationed at Misawa, that was probably our longest time. And if I see anyone stationed at Misawa, Oh yeah, what are we doing? What about this? And so we're kind of family. Yes. So I think we are family. Are uh, yeah, it's really. 
I love it. Really what we think about as I think about military and what it means. Uh, we're just one big family. So we are family. I love it. Absolutely. <laughs> and it is at getting added to our heart tracks playlist. We are family. Yay. That is our heart track. Patricia, thank you so much for sharing your story, your insight, the resources and tips. Um, I want to just give you an opportunity to share how people can continue to stay connected with you. Um, what's the best way for them to get their hands on this book um, and any other closing thoughts you may have? Well, I do hope that you check out the book, Moms in the Military, and it is about active duty reserve and spouse moms. As we go on that journey, it is available on Amazon. It is available on my website, which is patriciakaim.com. You can go there. If you just look up Patricia Kaim, you will see it. Um, and so it's available to you. And very soon, very, very soon, I hope it'll be available on barnesandnoble.com. But for now, Yay. it is on Amazon and you can find it there. And I would love to have you read it. And once you read it, I'd love to get your feedback. Tell mm. me what could have been better. Tell me if I left something out. And then I'm just going to give a quick plug. Um, I'm currently working on a book of poetry, but after that, my, my, the manuscript I'm working on is be it's raised in the military. So it'll be a companion book to this yes. book where I, in the first book, I talked to moms in the military. Now I want to talk to kids being raised by moms in the military and just kind of see how it feels. Because a lot of moms think, oh, did I mess up? Did I do wrong? Was this a good move? And I think we'll be surprised at the children and their responses for us. That's a great, great, great <laughs> I'm excited about that. I'm excited for the book of poetry. I'm excited for this companion book from the, the child's perspective and talking about those military kids or military brats as we often yes. um, <laughs> share. So I'm, I'm just so grateful to have you on Hearts and Stripes podcast. Thank you so much for sharing your insight. Um, the book, uh, Moms in the Military will also be listed in the Military Marriage Day app as a resource. Um, so that'll be under the product section. So please check that out. And then also in the show notes, we'll have a link so that you can stay connected to the guests and order your copy of the book. So that is all for this episode of Hearts and Stripes. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bree. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for tuning in. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. This is Hearts and Stripes. We are the few, the proud, that aim high and are forged by love. Always ready, always there. We are Mill Marriage Strong.